Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Hello and good morning, Joseph Bennett. Good morning, Meredith Grandi. So happy to be here with you again on our podcast, Are You Waiting for Permission? It is amazing. It is, I feel grateful every Tuesday when I get to record with you. Mm, likewise, likewise. And we have a guest today. Is that true? Uh, I believe so. In <laughs> fact, she is in our Zoom room looking at us right now. Oh, is that I, who that is? I heard is. something about that. <laughs> <laughs> Today's guest is Gina Gibson, my friend. She is also a spiritual life coach and a metaphysical teacher and a writer and an amazing human being. Welcome, welcome to the show, Gina Gibson. Thank you, Joseph. I'm so happy to be here with you and Meredith. So happy to see you. It's been too long. Mm. Mm. Tell me, tell me a little bit just to get us into this conversation. Joseph, how do you and Gina know each other? We met at a retreat in Alabama at a retreat space by Edwina Gaines, who was an amazing, amazing teacher and philosopher and spiritual coach. And we were on retreat together. Amazing. And Gina walked into the room and it was truly love at first sight. True enough, Gibson? You have to say I, yes because I put I, you on the spot. I, yes. No, it really was. <laughs> we had we had a great connection. I mean, you think about it, it was only three days, and that was a couple years ago, and and we're still in contact and visit. Mm -hmm. and we've done some projects together. Mm. Yeah, love you. I, I love that. So, Gina, Joseph, and I, before you hopped on this call, we were having a conversation about the power of saying the word no. Yes. And no. no, and I, I, I feel like you have a lot of wisdom around this, or at least a birdie named Joseph Bennett told me that you have a lot of wisdom around what does it mean to say no? And what does that open up for us? Because I know personally as a creative human being that I would say yes. And to a lot of little things to patchwork my work together, my income together. Mm -hmm. And also there was the fear of missing out. There was the fear of missing out on being a part of that next great big project or meeting the right person at the right time uh, or not putting together that community that I think we're, is going to help catapult my career forward. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and your philosophy? Absolutely. I love everything you just said. And there's also, I think, for a lot of us, the fear of hurting somebody's feelings mm -hmm. or letting someone down or whatever. And also, you know, not taking the time to prioritize ourselves. Like you said, if you're, if we are creative, we need space to hear. We need space and time to be quiet and let that inspiration come up in us. And when we are constantly filling that time, those time slots, even though time isn't really as real as we make it, by the, by the same token, we're living in this time-space continuum called the world. We fill those slots up. We don't have that expansion, which is quiet and peaceful where we can hear However you think your guidance comes from within, from above, doesn't matter. You know, we need that quiet space. And I think that sometimes there's so many different reasons, right, that we feel like we want to do that. I really enjoyed what you offered about 
thinking that we need to hold on to something for financial reasons or because of connections or whatever. And I was um, reminded by Edwin, as a matter of fact, very recently of a fantastic little one-line thing to help us remember. Sometimes we have to let go of good to make room for great. Mm. And I think that that can be really powerful for us um, when we're feeling a little shaky sometimes about, you know, you know, when we were kids and we did the monkey bars, like you could get stuck forever with a hand on each bar, right? You got to let go of one for a minute to go get the other one. And trapeze artists have to let go of both, you know, and it's so amazing. We've just got to be willing to take those risks once in a while and to make it okay if it doesn't pan out, you know, give ourselves permission to maybe make the quote unquote wrong move. It's never wrong. It's always moving you in the right direction. It might look wrong for a second, but it never, it never is. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, how does that look in your own world? So you're a single parent, you're a business owner, you're a homeowner. There's a lot of opportunities for you to get pulled in different directions, right? There's a lot of opportunities to say yes to different things, right? You teach prosperity, you're involved in your church. How does no show up in your life on a practical way? Well, I have to tell you, Joseph, um, this has been really in the fore because I had um, let it slip away there for just a little bit. And I was feeling a little bit um, scattered and a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit less creative than usual because I love moving in whatever direction I'm being guided. And I had myself too tired, spread a little too thin. And so how it showed up for me when I allowed myself to become aware of that was starting off by just giving myself permission to sit in it. Mm. I had those yeses already out there and I had to walk through them. And doing so gave me the opportunity to notice how I was actually feeling about them and how I, um, how I was feeling, yeah, about them, about myself for having committed to things that I didn't really necessarily want to do or that I thought, well, it's just one thing, right? I just have to get through this one thing. <laughs> but guess what? There's another thing coming right mm-hmm. behind that thing, you know? <laughs> Meredith so, is nodding her head emphatically. Right? It's, it's like, oh, it's just, no, this is no big deal. It's just one thing. I have some space right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I got, that, I got that space. I can squeeze it in here. It doesn't matter that I won't have lunch. It mm. doesn't matter that I'm going to lose an hour of sleep. It's no big deal. It's only one thing. You know, mm-hmm. you do that enough times and, and it becomes a lifetime. And yes, a lifestyle for a lifetime and not very pleasant. Well, and Gina, I always have to just emphasize it's never just one thing. That mm-hmm. one thing comes with multiple things, right? So it might be, hey, we have, let's just say for me, I'm a a performer, director, also a coach. So when someone reaches out to me and they say, I got this little project for you, and you're like, great, it's one night. But it's a lot of, it's rehearsals, it's emails, it's admin responsibilities. It's, and then you go, wow, that was a, a lot more hours. And you think you would learn but I think I've, this is two decades in <laughs> and I'm still learning. Yes. And I, I really am too, but I, you know, 
I just, I got, I had a really big breakthrough moment um, this last go round. I, I was able to tap in to a place where I realized I had wanted something to be differently. And somebody said no to me when I was very little. And it was a very practical thing. My brother had joined the Air Force and my siblings are much older than I am. So I didn't want him to go. Of course, he had to go. <laughs> you know, it was the morning that he was to report in. He had to leave. But I was so devastated. And when I really sat in the middle of all these feelings, I realized that I was afraid somehow that I was going to make somebody else feel like I felt. And, you know, I was, I was a child. And here's the thing. We, if we do challenge somebody, we are giving them the opportunity to tap in. They may not take it, but we're giving them the opportunity to find a place where they've got an old wound that is ready to be healed. You know, it, these things come up to make us aware of things within ourselves that are, are ready to be let go of, that aren't serving us anymore. So the idea of saying no, most of us think that it's somehow going to be unloving or hurtful or selfish. And it's really not that. If it's best for one of us, it's best for all of us. So mm -hmm. it's really a good idea to give ourselves permission because you know, even if that's not true, even if it doesn't hurt them and, and they're receptive, everybody around us, we're giving them permission to say no too. We're modeling that behavior of being aware of what we need and honoring it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very, um, you know, very loving and compassionate thing to do. It's just a matter of, you know, straightening our glasses out a little bit, the way we're looking at stuff. Mm. I love that. Someone thing. said, someone said to me uh, not too long ago, which I really, which really resonated with me. It's like you say no, so that you can leave room for the big yes. That's it. That's Let go it. of the good for the great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one thing I really hope that our listeners heard from Eugenia is that before you say no, or even before you say yes, you're taking time to be quiet and to listen. Yes. I don't know how many of us are doing that. We're rushing into those no's and rushing into those yeses and saying, oh, I'll do this before really connecting to what it is that our soul is asking for. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I think for a lot of us, and I know certainly I can speak for myself, it definitely was a habit. Mm. If, if I could humanly and sometimes even stretching the limits of that say yes, I'd say yes. I didn't mm -hmm. think about it at all. It was like, oh, yes, of course I'll do that for you. I love you. Why wouldn't I do that for you? Right. Mm -hmm. I love you. Why wouldn't I do that for you? That, mm -hmm. that kind of caretaker piece, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. You know? I'm curious, Gina, that something that's come up for me around allowing this space to live. And Joseph just mentioned that you're a single mom. And I would imagine that some of our listeners are also in that a, a similar situation, which is I'm responsible for another human being. and It's just mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by taking space? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you mm -hmm. help our listeners with a, like a tool or suggestions for how to do and take space in that situation? Well, 
The biggest thing for me, I'm going to say, is motivation. So I'm going to circle back to what I just offered about um, teaching by example. You know, when we think about how overwhelmed we feel, it is logical that if we love our children, we don't want them to take on our habits and have then a lifetime of the lifestyle of being overwhelmed, right? So it's helpful sometimes keeping that in the back of your mind when you're deciding about setting a boundary for something that you need or taking some time away, you know, going on retreat um, and things like that where the kids don't want you to go and you're like, no, I really need to do this. They may be upset in that moment, but over the course of time, and I think that's helpful for us too, um, taking things into the big picture, not just in parenting, but in general, that in this moment, it might seem like it's um, negative or upsetting, but in the big picture, how we're opening up space for ourselves and other people, but for our kids setting that example. And then the other thing is finding ways that you can recharge your battery, that you can teach the kids to do that as well. Like my older daughter used to really love to cloud watch. So that was something that we could do that was quiet and got her used to doing something quiet for herself and that it makes sense to do that. So she wouldn't question it if I wanted to go meditate or whatever. And the other thing, and this seems like it's contrary to the question you asked, but is to spend really present, focused time with them. A mm. lot of times when we are single parents and we're in overwhelm, we're constantly just doing what needs to be done. And we're sort of, sort of half on autopilot and half present. And when they want to do things that are just fun, we're kind of doing it, but we're thinking about the laundry list of things we have to do when we're finished. And it doesn't have to be a great big long time. It doesn't have to be the whole weekend or even a whole day. But if you could just carve out even 15 minutes where you are totally present with them, it does so much for them and they're full. So they mm -hmm. kind of go off and then they they give you a little bit more space to hear your own self think. I love to, I'm going to give two examples of that, if that's okay, that Please. for our listeners, one is, uh, so this, a, a woman I, I recently met and we connect a lot on LinkedIn and she posts videos and she's an entrepreneur and a mom and she incorporates her son in the development of those videos. So he's asking her the questions and she's yes. answering them and it's delightful and it's a beautiful way she's incorporated her child into her day-to-day -day routine and her work. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing we carved out in our own family for our daughter, uh, I have a nine-year-old, my husband established what we call special Harper playtime. And it's 15 minutes and we yes and everything she wants to do and we give her full undivided attention in that 15 minutes. And That's you're right. Perfect. And she expects it every night. And if we don't do it, it's a huge big deal. Right. But do you not find that she is just easier to get along with and much more agreeable if you have to say yes. no after you've given her that? It's it's really miraculous. It makes it a lot of sense. But when we get caught up in that groove, we just don't even think about it. Well, we forget they want autonomy, too. <laughs> <Right>. Really? Our <laughs> lives are not that interesting to the kids. <laughs> 
They don't need that much time with us. They just need a little really good time with us. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I love that you touched on that, Meredith, that idea of being a caretaker and simultaneously trying to give yourself permission to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. right? And if we're in that habit of taking care of a nine-year-old or of daughters or whoever it is that we're taking care of these days, it's immensely difficult to say no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to train people around us that no means no sometimes. Yeah. And that it, that no means no. And it doesn't mean I don't love you. Mm -hmm. I love you. And my answer is still no. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I think we forget that we're a someone too. Mm -hmm. Like we need to love us as well. Right. You know? So I also think that people do have expectations of the way that we've always been and they expect us to show up that way. But, you know, we buy into it and we feed it a lot. Of, I know, again, just for myself, but a lot of the people I've worked with, too, it's like, oh, well, they count on me or they expect me to. And that may be true, but I like what you said, Joseph, about, you know, we train the people around us. It doesn't take an awful lot to train the people around us that we don't do that anymore. We make up a big story in our heads about how we can't because they expect. So explain to them that they should start expecting something different. Mm -hmm. You know, and it can be as simple as, you know, I'm trying something new here. Mm -hmm. or I heard a podcast, or I was listening to Gina Gibson today, or whatever it is, and then say, this is what I'm trying out. Can you support me in this? And that's what our listeners can share with people. As yeah. It could even be, I'm trying to learn how to give myself permission to do this thing. Would you help by giving me permission too? People love to help one another. Mm -hmm. Then they feel involved instead of excluded. You know, so there's a different way to approach it with people. I think that transparency is really important. I really do. And I find it also when I have taken this time and space to do that with people, I, I feel relieved. Yes. Mm -hmm. And more energetic, do you not? Mm -hmm. Because we've spent so much energy holding the tension around that, the, you know, carrying the resistance of trying to push ourselves through doing something we don't want to do, the tension of all of the crazy made up stories. And as, and as soon as you're just honest from a loving space, but honest and transparent, all of that energy is freed up right in that space because you're not carrying all of that, you know, trying to hold the lid on the pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But the first step, you know, is that we have to be aware that we're doing it. Well, I was just going to say it's that creating the space for yourself so that you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, I like giving examples just to help our listeners. So I have another yes. example of that. A lot of times my space is in the shower because there's <laughs> no one in there with me. And I'll have these little like epiphanies where it's like, wow, I feel like my plate is full right now. I'm feeling a sense of burnout. Why is that? This is all going through my head. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
I am such a caretaker in these ways because I'm, I, I love hosting. I love making sure people feel good and happy and safe in their spaces that I actually volunteer myself to do things and I'm not even conscious about it. And so I had this epiphany a couple months ago where I was like, I just volunteered to take on three things from three different meetings that I had with people today. Maybe I should stop doing that. Maybe, huh? And when I openly, when I was transparent about it with one of the groups, I just said, I volunteered to do this. I realized that's what I do and I don't want to do this anymore. Can someone else take it for me? And they did. Mm-hmm. And they were, they applauded me for being transparent. That's fantastic. Right? But I needed yeah. the space. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody there got to learn something. I mm-hmm. promise there was more than a handful of people, well, depending on how many that were in there, but that were like, you could do that. I could, I could do, that's an option. The world didn't just stop spinning, you know? (laughs) But I think it goes back to how you started this conversation, Gina, is that when we say those things, like Meredith said, you know, I volunteered and I didn't mean to, can somebody else, we run the risk that people aren't going to like us. Mm -hmm. Leave Mm -hmm. that story in our head, right? Mm -hmm. People are not going to like me anymore if I stop volunteering for something. Mm -hmm. And I would love to give our listeners permission to let go of that belief. And it's Absolutely. true. People and it's will not true. like you. You they know, won't. it is true. It's but true. here's but here is the thing. On the theme of making space, when those people no longer like you, if they know are no longer taking up the space in your orbit, then people who will like you and appreciate you and love you, even though you are comfortable saying no and loving yourself while still mm-hmm. loving them will have room to get in, mm-hmm. you know? So it's again, letting go of maybe good and maybe not so good. Like it might've been good while you were willing to check those particular boxes, but if you grow, maybe you outgrow their boxes and that's okay. There's somebody else that's your, gonna be perfect with you, so. I love this. You just gave me the the visualization of checking the boxes. What what one's going to let go of? It made me think, and I'm curious, and I, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot with this question here, but do you have an exercise or something tangible that our listeners could take with them past this podcast and apply it towards getting to this place of saying no more? Yes. It's almost a two-parter. So going back to being present in how we're feeling when we're feeling overwhelmed, one thing that usually will happen when we've taken on too much or we're upset about doing things we don't feel like doing is that things will start not working, right? People will get upset with us. um, Things will go awry. And when we notice that happening, The first thing I would do is to just take a moment, whether you can in that exact time would be ideal, but if not, then at the end of that day or the next time you have a moment and ask what happened just there that's going on in me. In other words, I was doing, for an example, I was doing something for one of my children that was just one of the, it's just one thing. It was one of those, you know, it's not a big, Mm -hmm. it's just one thing, but I had a lot going on and I, 
I was okay with it. I had taken the time to set myself up to have a good day with it. But then while I was in the process of it, she was unsatisfied with a certain element of what was going on. And, she, and she's doing this. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know? And so I tried to be very loving and explain to her and it really kind of spiraled out of control. And I just said, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna talk about it now. But as soon as I got back to the house, I sat down and I thought about it. And I said, this is me. This is me unsatisfied with what I'm doing. It's not about her being unsatisfied with how it's being done. It's with about me being unsatisfied that I'm doing it at all. This mm. is, it wasn't the right day. It wasn't the right time, it, you know, and I forgave myself in that moment. And then she called just a little while after that. And everything was once again, peace was restored and everything was fine because it's all happening in our head. We think it's going on out there, but it's all going on in here. And what's happening out there is reflecting it back to us. Mm. So that's the first thing. And I think maybe arguably the most important thing. Um, but I, the other is, and I'm honestly not a big fan of visualization for manifesting and stuff like that. I don't really teach it very much for that, but for conversations, that you think are going to be a little bit challenging, it can be very helpful to, if you already have a meditation or breathing practice, to use some of that. And just breathe in yourself into a quiet space. It doesn't have to be a big production unless you want it to be. And then I suggest going into your heart space, spending some time there, remembering that you are love, that everybody else is also love, whether or not they're remembering it. And then dropping down even lower into your gut, your power center, and imagining yourself saying what you feel like you need to say, and imagine it being well received. If you can't imagine the person that you need to have that conversation with receiving it well, Imagine that you're practicing with a friend first and visualize them receiving it well, because a lot of what makes it so hard is that we are having those imagination stories going about how awful it's going to be. So we're giving ourselves a moment to reset, imagining how wonderful it could be, how supportive they could be when they react. And whether or not it pans out that way isn't the important part. The important part is that it'll help us to take the step because that's what really needs to happen. Thank you for that. What really resonated with me was when you said in the example with your daughter that mm -hmm. you forgave yourself. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we say yes or we overcommit or we get overwhelmed, we start beating ourselves up. Mm -hmm. And then that's what Byron Katie calls putting pain on top of pain. Mm -hmm. So we're going to slip. We're going to overcommit. We're going to get overwhelmed. We're going to lose our patience. Totally. And that forgiveness part is so beautiful. So thank you for bringing that into the conversation, Gina. You're welcome. It's, it's really, I mean, honestly, it's the most important part, you know, because as long as we're beating ourselves up on it, we're still then running the story that this is what we do. This mm -hmm. is who I am. I just do this. You've been listening to 
Gina Gibson. You can find her and connect with her and follow her at GinaGibsonCoaching.com. She is producing or publishing soon her book on conscious parenting. So look for that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing time with me here. It's been fun, fun, fun. Thank you, Gina. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you again for listening, and please come back next week when we have a wonderful conversation with actor Darius Anthony Robinson. We want to give a special shout-out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grande of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. Also, if you liked it, please like, subscribe, comment, and all that great stuff we do to spread the love and spread the word. Lastly, we are now on Patreon. So if you'd like to give a little extra to help support us and this show, we would so appreciate it. Have an amazing day and we will see you next time. Bye.